Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Geekery Radio Hour. I'm Doug. And I'm Kaylin. And this is the Geekery Radio Hour. Welcome back, everyone. To Kaylin, the three people that are still listening. To all three sabbatical. of you, we say hello. 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 I'm going to look up really quick live while we're doing this. Sure. Whether or not we've done season three or not. I oh, think fair. we've done season three. <laughs> I think we've called something season three before, so I think this might be season... I four. think you're right. So this is the season four premiere. Hell yeah. So the seasons are arbitrary anyway. So even if we have done season four or haven't done three, this is four. We skip right over What do you three. think? You yeah, know, we right skip over the I, existence As of I three. always say about this podcast, it mm-hmm. is whatever we want it to be. It is. And what we want it to be Sometimes is it's four. not what we want it to be also. Oh, jeez. I feel like it had been that sometime. Yeah. Not this episode, though. Not this episode. This is a good one. We have a really, really fun interview. We do. Kaylin, we've got... Okay, hang on one second, because I want to give me some credit. We have we have five interviews already locked and loaded. Locked can you believe loaded. that? I can't. That's insane. I so, Kaylin, it's still August somehow. I, can we talk about this? It is still fucking August. Yeah. Has it been August for two months at least? Yes. It honestly, I'm not even like. It's been August for three pay periods for me. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I bet for me too. Yeah, it must have been. Pay schedule like my pay schedule is the opposite of Liz. Did you get paid last week, or did you get paid this week? You get paid last week. Last week. So then I got paid this week. Last week. Oh, last week you get paid the same week as me. Yeah, I got paid last week. Wow. That's why we're always showing out on the same week. It's nice to get go out and do things. It's nice to get paid. (laughs) <laughs> I can say that. Love um, that. How's your summer been so far, Kaylin? Since we took a sabbatical at some period in time, I feel that like I don't we remember took our sabbatical like two weeks ago. <laughs> I don't think so. I think we just have. It's not... been longer, but like it feels like it was two weeks ago. But it's been great. We've been really keeping busy. Yeah, I've gone to the beach a whole bunch this summer. For sure, for sure. Um, we did cool things like we went and saw uh, Comedy Bang Bang taping live. Yes, last just last week. weekend. Um, we went to concerts. We went to dinners. We, we went, went river went tubing. River tubing. Um, I went camping. I. What else did I do? We're gonna go to. Uh, Shenandoah National Forest in a few weeks, which mm-hmm. is cool to end out the summer. Um, it's been busy. It's just been busy. I know, and it's like it's been busy with fun stuff, but it still feels busy. Oh my god! Yes. You know. So yeah, last weekend we we did the whole um, comedy bang bang live thing, mm-hmm. and then Sunday I was either going to go to a funeral or to the beach, which mm-hmm. sounds really shitty. I'm not going to explain myself because I don't care. Can I ask you? Sure. Did you do neither? I did neither. You did neither. I did neither. I love I you, Kaylin. So <laughs> tired. Because <laughs> I know you didn't go to the beach because nope. I went to the beach. Nope. You guys almost didn't go to the beach. So. <laughs> no, I know we almost didn't. <laughs> but yeah, ugh, I, I, I hate uh, that feeling, but love that existence. Like mm-hmm. I know that you were probably like a little dready, but you did. Yeah what you needed to do a hundred percent you know that's the first time i've had like just a sincere down day mm-hmm. of doing not one thing yeah i think this whole entire summer mm-hmm. and i fucking needed it and i loved it so much yeah i did i got groceries i did a whole bunch of meal prep i cooked a whole bunch i made soup i made Caitlin, oh, i forgot to bring you soup meal prep 
is for the fucking birds. Dude, meal no, prep? Not. No. What did you meal prep? So, you know all those veggies that you just let go bad in your refrigerator? Mm-hmm. I cut mine up so I actually use them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's all my meal prep. Mm-hmm. So, you I cut them up and then peppers, cooked them? Cucumbers. No. I prepped the... Oh, so the peppers were for my eggs this week. Mm-hmm. So, I'm using them every morning for eggs. Mm-hmm. Cucumbers are for snacks. I cut and roasted zucchini and also asparagus. Mm-hmm. Those are my... Other than my eggs in the morning with my peppers, I have other veggies. So those are my breakfast veggies. Okay. Um, I also made guacamole, which that included prep. That's why I have 7,000 jalapenos. But <clears throat> how, how does your guacamole stay good? Lime juice. Okay. Okay. I'm not attacking you. Feels like you are. I feel like you think I'm attacking you. I'm I not made, attacking you. I made a you. whole batch of soup. My problem with and that meal prep, prep is, is it just is like, here's these dirty leftovers. You you cook them all Sunday night, and now it's like Monday. You're like, mm, I made all this food Sunday. I'm doing good. Sunday. Tuesday, you're just like, oh yeah, I made all that food. Wednesday, you're like, fuck, fuck the meal prep. Fuck see, the meal prep. See, <laughs> I don't want it. I've been poor. For- <laughs> My entire life. <laughs> Leftovers is the house that the Newtons built. I cooked. Okay. So I cooked dinner. We, li- we stay eating the same damn meal until it's all fucking gone. I cooked dinner on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I cooked dinner on Monday. Mm-hmm. Today's Tuesday. I don't want to cook dinner. Yeah, you're going to order food. I'm probably going to order. I know. I can't I do it. I'm my, like, I cooked all my food for the week uh-huh. that needs to be cooked or cut Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to have to cook, well, breakfast, but you can't pre-cook eggs. That's no, impossible. Barf. I love and respect that, you, Caitlin. Other than that, everything's fucking already taken care of, so mm-hmm. I can just live my life in fucking peace for this week. Live moss. Live moss. We're trying to live moss. <laughs> that was a disaster. What? I, oh, leaving the... So we went oh to the Comedy God. Bang Bang show, and then when we got out, it's just kind of like... You're in Flatbush, and there's no restaurants, nothing Mm -hmm. to do. There's, like, two fast food places. Mm -hmm. There's three. That are open. Like... Oh, actually open. And it's just, like... And we could have lived Moss across the street. I would have loved to go to the Taco Bell Cantina if parties that were with us that had driven (laughs) were permitted by their own virtues... (laughs) To visit said establishment. <laughs> so, yeah, we were trying to fucking live moss, and we were starving. I ate before we left, uh-huh. but parties so, that drove. <laughs> when we met Suze the next morning, she w- Liz, uh, when we met Suze at the beach the next morning, mm-hmm. Liz was like, yeah, sorry that we, we, I don't know, I just got like a bad start to my morning, and I just didn't feel like getting up and doing stuff, and you know. Yeah. So Suze was like, oh, yeah, no, I figured that was going to be the case because you were, like, leaving to go eat Domino's at midnight. And Liz was like, oh, we didn't even get to do that because we had to go home and take care of the dog. Yeah. We had Taco Bell. Like, almost uh-huh. even worse. Like- yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're literally dry- – okay. So I'm not going to go to everything, but we didn't eat and uh-huh. we drank a lot. And we were very hungry by the time we were trying to come home. So we're all looking up. Diners, 
fucking everything there. Any that a could bar be. that has decent enough food to Literally eat, whatever. Just throw nothing. Me some fucking French fries in mm-hmm. a basket, dude. Yeah. Nothing in the area. So I was like, duh. I'm like, we could just order Domino's. And of course, yeah. when you're like a little drunky, Domino's sounds like a decent idea. Oh, yeah. So that's me- the only time it sounds like a decent idea is when <laughs> so, you're a little drunk. So. Me and your wife decided to order pizza mm-hmm. and cheese, and I I pay for it. Mm-hmm. I send it to my house, and then these motherfuckers are like, mm, "We actually have to go by." So I'm like, "All right." So I'm waiting for this pizza. Waiting for mm-hmm. this pizza. The stupid app thing has a tracker. I see yeah. the guy coming down the road. I'm like, "All right, cool. He's coming. Whatever." I'll just. I literally was so tired. I didn't even care about eating anymore. I was like, "I yeah. just want to go to sleep." Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the guy, like, turns around, and he's going back towards Domino's, and I'm like, wait, what? Oh, you're, like, tracking him on the app that yeah. he's turned around and whatever. Because I'm exhausted. I'm like, I just want to be yeah. there. I want to be outside, hand him his tip, and be like, fucking thanks, dude. Yeah. So then, he's heading back towards Domino's, and I get a notification that my delivery's been completed. And I'm like, mm, but it, it hasn't been. Mm-hmm. So, what the <laughs> fuck? So, I call Domino's. The guy's like, oh, yeah, the system, blah, 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 whatever the fuck. Uh, so lies, lies, lies. <laughs> the story is, I don't think that they made the order, or they did, and they fucked up, and they sent it to somebody else, and then they had to remake it. It didn't want him getting to my place until like twelve twenty, twelve thirty. Whenever I when you, you text me that you had gotten pizza, yeah, we had gone to Taco Bell, mm-hmm. come home, eaten Taco Bell, mm-hmm. taken showers, both of us, mm-hmm. and I was like snug as a bug in a rug. And in bed. I'm literally like sitting out and by I my can't car, imagine. Yeah. Just chilling. And I'm like, like basically waiting for the worst yeah. pizza. Yeah. So I literally got it. You're sober the now. Guy, the guy was like, blah, 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 blah. System. Uh-huh. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Here's your tip. Just mm-hmm. get the fuck away from me. Yeah. I go inside and I like just chuck the pizza in the fucking <laughs> fridge. I'm like, I'm fucking good. I'm You're just going ma- to sleep. The pizza's in the fridge. And it's like, we're sorry, God. What are we doing? <laughs> Each of the little pineapples on your pizza are like, what are you doing? You're not going to eat it? No, dude. I was just exhausted. I'm like, I just need to go to fucking sleep. Yeah. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. And you know, shit happens. Kaylin, this are is just podcasting? Been, I know. I are we podcasting or just <laughs> literally just griping about anything and everything? Oh, that's what this podcast is. So this is, summer, baby. the summer has been so much fun. We've done so much stuff. We continue to do so much stuff. We have such a I'm like, I don't know. I feel like we should literally just get to this interview that we did yeah. with Ryan. So, um, July f- f- Let me see. Hang on. Sorry. Wow, Doug's so prepared. Because I like want to talk about this for real. So, on I don't know if we've released an episode. I think we have. On July 5th, a mm-hmm. uh, friend of the shop, friend of our book club, friend in real life, Ryan Roberts released a book called Nimrod. Mm-hmm. And um, you and I both read it. We loved it so much. Yeah. We have it available for purchase at the store now. Actually, it really went. Doug read it. Doug loved it a bunch. I like, wouldn't shut, shut the fuck up it. about it. So then I, of course, was like, I'm going to read it too. Like, so then I read it and then I loved it. I haven't listened to this interview <laughs> in like a couple of weeks and I'm like, I hope we don't, I don't sound like a total dink, like just like fanboy I idiot we, over it. I think we both do. Like, if I, I remember correctly, we're both like, we love it so bad. I can't stress it air. enough to him. I'm just like, I really do. I loved this book. I think you did such like a great job. Yeah. And like, I can't wait I to see. I don't like a dink for a good book. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Doug cried. I didn't. I didn't. There was a part in this book that really did make me choke up, though. 
I can imagine. When, like, towards the end of Asbury. Okay. In the book. I don't want to spoil anything for no, listeners, but we no, haven't no. talked about this since, like, we both finished it and talked about it. Yeah, no, we haven't. But, yeah, there's, like, a conversation between Kat and um, Rod's mother mm-hmm. that I, like, blah, like, it, like, fucked me up yep. a little bit. It was, it, there's, like, a lot of, it like. It was, like, a crazy, unexpected, very cool ending. Mm-hmm. A, a perfect chef's kiss to end that book. Yeah. And that was it. I also, like. This is another stupid thing. Like, I think it's like the perfect length for yeah. a book. Yeah. I loved it. It's like read... enough where you get enough information. Yeah. And you're not bored. I told I told Ryan straight out. Mm-hmm. I like I would like read this book and then I'd be like, fuck, I have to like cook dinner. Mm-hmm. So then I'd like cook dinner. But then while I'm cooking dinner, I'm like, I can't wait to pick the book back up. Yeah. Like I can't wait to yeah. continue reading. And that's just like an overall fucking great sign. Mm-hmm. Especially for me. I fucking nothing keeps my attention. Me neither. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I read this book in between reading another book that had started losing my attention. Yeah. And I read another book since. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like I haven't read so many novels in a little while. Like, back okay. to back and stuff like that, too. You know, I, I don't know. I really struggled through, like, early parts of the pandemic with, like, focus. Okay. And I know a lot of people same, seem to have the same problem. I think They that's hadn't true. been able to focus. And I was having an okay time where I never – so I read – last summer, I read two, I think, two biographies, which okay. has never been a category that's interested me. Mm-hmm. I read a biography and a memoir. Okay, fair And, enough. like, usually they're, like, fine and I enjoy them. Mm-hmm. But I was able to read them like this, like, where I, like, can't get enough, you know? Mm-hmm. And that hadn't been like that in the past. It always kind of felt more like homework or – a podcast because I would listen to the audiobook version of it. Fair. And it's, you know, Sarah Silverman reading her story or yeah. whatever is a little bit more fun than Tina reading Faye the book yourself. Reading bossy yeah. Things. It's a little bit more fun that way. <laughs> um my thing about reading specifically, it's hard for me to do it at home because at home I could do or and should be doing mm-hmm. so many other things. Yeah. So I try to read as much as possible when we're at the beach. Yeah. Because we're at the beach. Or if I'm getting my toenails done, if I'm getting a pedicure, like I'm just sitting uh-huh. there or I'm doing laundry. There's yeah. nowhere else for me to be. I have to stay with the laundry. Yeah. So I'm going to read. So that's it's, why it's stuff like that. Like if I was... I'm at home, I can't focus because I'm like, oh my God, there's a, there's a fucking plate in the sink. I have to uh-huh. wash this plate. And then I get up and wash the plate and then I'm like, oh, the, the fucking counter's, you know, wet. So let me wipe down the counter. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like a never ending. That, you should try this if you can. I don't know if anybody else can, but sure. like. My um, neighbor had given me shit for it once because I posted, like, that I was reading a book while walking on the store's Instagram. Yes. And, like, that is literally something that I do. I've walked up and down Main Street so many times that I know the holes and the cracks in the sidewalk, you know? That's so funny. So I can literally focus on reading a book and then know when to stop because I'm at an intersection or whatever. Yeah. And I really enjoy reading and walking. That's so strange. And... Like, she she commented on one of the posts and was like, I literally just saw you doing this. How wh- how are you doing that? Like, wh- how are you walking down the street and reading a book at the same time? I'll try it, but I, I almost 100% think I won't be able to get through it. No. I'll be too distracted. Yeah. Because I did. Over here. Who's I did, making that noise? What car is passing by? I hear loud music. Like, uh-huh. Yeah, I did walk and read Nimrod quite a bit. I love that. And I love this book. So please enjoy this fucking great interview. With me, Doug, and Ryan Roberts. Wait, okay. 
<laughs> I love the energy that you just put into that. But first, we need to go to a song, and then we're going to go to the interview Shit. with Ryan Roberts. All right, so fine. this is Platypus by Green Day. joined by our new friend Ryan Roberts, author of the novel Nimrod that Kayla and I both read, and we're so excited to talk to you about it. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Ryan. Who are you? Introduce yourself to us. Okay. Who am I? That's a huge question that I've thought about <laughs> it's a all week. question. <laughs> but I'm going to, yeah, I'll make it as succinct as possible. Um, I'm a husband and a father. I'm a dog walker. And now I can say that I'm a published author. Right Nimrod on. just got published. That's your first book. First book, yes. Wow. Yeah. Do you have? I'm uh, like already. Like, do you have other books in your head already? Yes. Uh, My next one is is already written the first draft, but now I have to go and do the second. It takes. It took me like five for Nimrod, so it'll be a while. But yeah, that's written. And then I have more in my head, and it's very hard not to get ahead of myself because I'm excitable and not Mm -hmm. try to jump into those. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would do. I would totally. be like, too many things going on. Uh-huh. I want to do everything at once. Another, open another file. Start <laughs> exactly what it is. Yes. So, for folks who haven't heard of the book yet, Nimrod, um, you want to give them a little blurb of what the book is yes, about? Yes, this is, yes, it's horrible for me to try to do, uh, summarize. But, it's a coming-of-age story, um, and it's about a teenager named Rod, who is kind of obsessed with meeting Sting, uh, the rock star, for people who don't know him. I think they do. Um, he believes that Sting is the only person that can fix his broken family. 
um, and he believes they share synchronicity and all this stuff. Um, his mother is emotionally fragile, and Rod is just kind of a sheltered teenager, stays home and takes care of her. Um, and she believes that Green Day is responsible for killing her first son, who died before Rod was born. So Rod believes he's a replacement child, that Green Day is out to get him, and that Sting is the only one that can help. So That was perfect. I'm that sorry. was perfect. <laughs> it really was. I, my first, I have a, a my, like, okay. So many. Kayla and I have been talking about like what we want to ask you about the book and everything. I wrote stuff down. I really, I think, is it fair to lead off with? Oh yeah. Okay. So and it phrased exactly this. Why sting? (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. Can I can I show you something? First line. (laughs) Literally says why sting. (laughs) Because I will say okay. When I first cracked this book, Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure when it took place. I wasn't. Okay. And I was like, because I, I don't know, I think I, I had projected on my, and from my own shit, it's called Nimrod. Nimrod's my favorite Green Day album from growing up. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden we're talking about Sting, and I'm like, oh, I went through like a really dumb police phase in like me freshman year. Yes, me too. So I'm right like... On. Sophomore year for me. And yeah. so I'm like, I, I feel like uh, freshman year, I also remember like my wife broke my copy of Nimrod, so I'm just projecting... My full wow. freshman year bullshit okay. in this. Uh-huh. Right. So I immediately, and then all of a sudden talk a B-movie, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> when is this movie? When is this book from? I don't know if that's good or bad. Is it, yeah, it's, it's maybe I should have defined it's it. Not... Well, also, you know, my my handle on Instagram is the 90s guy. Uh-huh. Um, so you could think, and someone else told me, they're like, oh, I love all 90s things, so Green Day and Sting, and I'm like, oh. Crap, so it's, it's modern. I have a kind of a theory about this, which I think we talked about a little uh-huh. bit as well, is that, like, I did honestly feel like this book was a very 90s book. And then when you come to find out that Sting's involved with the B-movie, then he has a cell phone, you're like, oh, okay, you have to kind of rethink it. But then by the end, I was like, is this like a kind of an arrested development situation, but for the whole family, like, once... The first son had passed away. Everyone kind of like time stopped. Yeah, they for them. raised a kid through the nineties, and yes. now they're they're doing it again. Like yeah. to the point how they where, know like, how to raise a kid is how they're doing. Where it. Rod right. is wearing the clothes of his older brother, who yeah. you would presume grew up through the nineties. Yes. You know, when I found out, not sorry, to, yeah. but when yeah. I when I realized that it was a current story, I was like, oh, this rules. Like I wasn't. It's not a negative. I'm saying I was okay. fully on board with like, oh, weird. You know, yeah. like that these. These things seem so dated and everything, but it's just in his bubble. His bubble is dated. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And he's an old parents, just like you said. And I actually had it time-stamped a few, in a few places. I had some dates in there. Mm-hmm. Like, I had the, um, when the brother went to the Green Day show and didn't come back, I had that date as 2001. That was actually based on a Green Day show I went to. Um, but I took it out because it took a lot longer than I'd hoped to get it published. So I was like, these dates aren't going to line up. Mm-hmm. People are going to do the math. So... I did hope with the cell phone stuff that it modernized it and brought people yeah. into it. So, um, so yeah. What was the... Oh, why Sting? That's <laughs> a great question. Gosh. That's exactly how these interviews go, by the way. That's my head. I'm like all over. Um, why Sting? So, st- I went through a police phase, young, okay? Um, and then I was always told by the kids who got me into it for my first band, they're like, the police are awesome. Sting sucks. Sting is for soccer moms. Oof. He's a loser. So I always just 
believe that. And he is kind of like pompous. And when you see him, you're like, sting. He's such a snob, you know? He seems to almost have like an energy around him. Like Bono. Like, yeah. Very, oh, like, wow. Right. When you get that big, uh-huh. how yeah. could you not? Yeah. And he knows he's very smart. And, and like the whole tantric sex thing. And everything. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, so, it's, it all adds I, to that. Yeah. Can I tell you something really quickly? <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I had probably not as much exposure to the police or staying growing up but like I, I you know i heard roxanne and and all the hits uh-huh. and the first time i think i've ever really saw sting himself perform it was like i don't want to say it was a thanksgiving day parade but it was something like that in new york where it was like live and he was on a stage and he like was dancing and i was like oh my god Stinky, get it. Like, he's <laughs> hot, actually. Totally. And I say that all the time, and everyone's like, you're weird. I'm like, mm, no, not, though. Because, like, he's, have you seen him? He's 70 now or older, <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Sting became a very um, inspirational figure to me during the writing of this. Uh-huh. It came about in this weird synchronicity, I think. I started listening to the police, and then this idea came, and I started to do yoga, and I was like, oh, Sting does yoga. And then this Sting song was playing when I was doing yoga, and I was like, it's not so bad. Oh, weird. And I dove into Sting, uh-huh. and then things just started lining up. And he's very much, you know what? I, I didn't want to write a book that was too, the correct pronunciation is a niche, but I go niche. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I didn't want it to be too punk rock and underground where people wouldn't get it. So I thought Green Day, I mean, it just fit. And Sting are cultural, pop culture figures. Yeah. Where everyone knows. Yeah, them. absolutely. So I didn't want to, you know, in a couple early drafts, I had other bands in there, Rancid and the Interrupters. And a friend of mine said, who are you writing to? Is it to me and your brother who like these bands or 90s people? He's like, uh-huh. so I took them out and I just wanted the big ones. So Sting just fit in perfectly yeah. because, mm-hmm. and then the B-movie thing fell into my lap. The B-movie thing. Like, are you aware of what a like bizarre meme B-movie has become? When I started writing this, I found it because uh-huh. I started Googling it and I go, wow. So what is it? People, yeah, tell please tell me. As far what? as I could see, okay. I was just talking to my wife about this before I left because I was like trying to think of like other things that I want to make sure that I ask. And with the whole, okay, so the character Rod in this book is obsessed with Sting, and he found Sting through B movie. Yes, right. So B movie a couple of years ago, I can only accredit it to Cartoon Network started airing it a lot. Okay, and then I guess it raised a bunch of Gen Z kids to then have this like they started looking at it like. There's a human woman and a bee, and like there's sexual tension between the two of them. What the fuck is this? Like, and like trying to figure out, like, and, and, you know, and this is all kids eight and nine watching this movie and being like, you know, like kind of looking and just like, wait, what, what, what's going on? When they grew up, they looked back, yeah, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in that, like, right. in that, you know, through the lens of like, what the fuck did I watch as a kid? This. Jerry Seinfeld, that's their entry point to Jerry Seinfeld in some yeah. instances, too. Mm-hmm. Because sure. now when we stream everything, you watch what you want to watch. You don't watch what's on TV. I talk about this on the Mupp- my Muppet podcast with Megan all the time about how when we were kids, we watched Matlock because my dad had the remote. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's no such thing as that anymore. Right. Mash for me. Yeah, you watch yeah. what you want to mm-hmm. watch. And you put on things deliberately. There's no, like, right. you know. So they don't. In most cases, sit down in front of the Seinfeld marathon on TBS anymore or right. whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, right. yeah, their entry point is just Jerry Seinfeld in this movie where he's going to sleep with a, a human woman, <laughs> hopefully. It can't be the only. I mean, I was trying to think, what about, like, yeah. Beauty and the Beast or, or 
I think, Shrek. Okay, yeah. but it's a little yeah. different. And tr- the scale is the problem. Is the bee is this big? And the human woman okay. is yeah. normal. Yes. Yeah. All right. So. You know what's funny? Like that movie, what came out when we were teenagers? Mm-hmm. And bee we movie? Just, yeah. Oh seven. Does that sound right? Maybe I knew it when I was writing this. It's about that. Yeah. Okay. So then I was nineteen. Yeah. Okay. Still technically teenagers, Galen. But then flying under the wire. (laughs) But still, like, never was like, huh? That's weird. Uh That's a weird thing. I'm like, oh, they fell in love. That's awesome. Good for them. Yeah. Never once did it cross my mind that that was like a weird thing to Uh happen. Me neither. Until now, I I have to go rewatch it. But going back, I think like growing up with Beauty and the Beast, we're like, yeah, hideous beast and uh, uh-huh. this woman, they're fine. It's great. They're yeah, gonna have you're right. Yeah. <laughs> half beast babies eventually. <laughs> you're right. Now, and we'll drop it now, but the memes, are they just going in and, and pointing this out? Oh, yeah. It, the... from, from what I've seen. Okay. This now sounds like someone's going to check my search history that I'm like, looking at like <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld as a bee with a... But, and that's as far as I can see. Is it's, okay. it's all just I, about like the two of them, okay, and like the weird romantic link that they should hopefully have. Yeah, when I was mm-hmm. looking into B movie because my son was watching it, I set him up with that because I love Seinfeld, and it, he was at a point where he was picking the shows. Mm-hmm. He was very young, or the movies, and watching them over and over. And I saw it on Netflix. It was I was already too old to watch it when it came out, so I thought that's Jerry Seinfeld, my favorite. Yeah. It's a kids movie. Just watch this, you know. Mm-hmm. And one day I was in the other room, um, and my son ran in. And I have I collect records, and above the record player I have this um, shelf where where three are on display. I'm such a nerd. And my son ran in one day, and he goes, um, "Your record is on TV." He was very young, and I said, "What?" And and I ran in, and Sting was on B movie, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And on my wall, I keep pointing to. Um, was a police record with Sting's face. And I was like, whoa. So then I sat down and watched the movie. And then it started to find its way into Nimrod that way. I love right how on. organically, like, we're having you, like, go connect the dots for this book. That's so <laughs> cool and yeah. so weird. It's so weird. Yeah. It's all synchronicity. I'm like, yeah. this is all uh-huh. lining up. Yeah. That rules so much. Yeah. The, I, I, I really, I can't say enough great things about this book, Ryan. Uh, amazing. It was one of those things where, okay, so I was reading, um, I think it's called The Southern Book Club's Guide to Killing Vampires. Okay. And I had hit, like, uh, a time jump, and the book, as I was saying, made me mad. It, it made me mad. I put the book down. And then I had seen that you had just put out this book, so I was like, oh, I, you know, and I just ordered it. And then I started reading it, and then all of a sudden I'm, like, halfway through it, and it's, you know, two o'clock in the morning. And I all I can say is that, like, I've never read something by someone that I know and that I've met and felt like you have you have a, a superpower. And your superpower <laughs> is that like you wrote like a full like a great a great great book. I mm-hmm. I, I can't I don't know. I don't want to sound like I'm like kissing ass or anything but like I, No, I'll I'll agree with that. This is phenomenal. That's, I'm not even kidding. Like, so first of all, Doug talk. Doug and I talk about this all the time. Uh, we love coming of age stories, first of all, and yes, especially if they're teenage based, yeah. which obviously kind of makes sense. Yeah, but we love that shit. So, right. like when he suggested, it, I was like, okay, let me let me give it a read. But he started reading it first, but then he couldn't stop talking right. about it, yeah. and I was like, awesome. okay, I have to read this now. And it was just one of those books that it was like so easy to immerse yourself in and like identify with uh-huh. like characters, and and it was. 
it was like I couldn't wait to go back to read it. Like I'd read it and then I'd be like, shit, I have to do something. <laughs> and then I'd like put it down. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go back to this. But it was so exciting to come back and reread it. You know what I mean? Like, That's... not reread it, but like continue the story. Right. And I haven't felt that way about a book in quite some time. Uh-huh. I can't stop smiling. That yeah. You we t- Especially because talk- you're around <laughs> books. So I'm like, wow. Uh-huh. We, we really do. We talk all the time about how like, oh, what dumb thing did we just watch on Netflix? And it's, oh, this, it, it. In our, we always say it's not made for us. But I watched this show about this girl in high school, and blah blah blah. You know, and it's like, and and the parents. Oh, I can't believe they did that. And I'm like, and the parents are also cast two years younger than us. Yes, and... yeah, totally. I don't. Know, I'm at an age where I'm like, I understand the parents, uh-huh. but like also understand the the kid. Like yeah. I still feel fully connected to my teenage self. <laughs> Me too. So like when I read or like watch stuff like this, I'm like, oh my god, I remember feeling these feelings and I still feel a lot of those feelings today. But um yeah, it was so easy to connect to, which leads me into my next question. I have to know like how much of this is based off of or around your life because these characters seem so in depth. That's a great and, question. And real. Yes. Like, also, yes. like, believable. That's what I'm right. saying when I like, say, I, like, superpower. Like, you've created this world that, like, we know. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a... Like, when Kat describes Mike, I'm like, I know Mike. Uh-huh. I oh, know yeah. a Mike. Mike I know is the grouch. based yeah. on... The, the, you won't remember, but the first person... When, the first time I came to book club, the guy sitting next to me, mm-hmm. with that really weird voice, and it was... Yeah, that's Mike. Uh-huh. So, and, and the other characters are not... A lot of people ask me, is this... Because everyone says your first novel is autobiographical mm-hmm. this one is not i got that out of the way with writing something else that never i never finished and never mm-hmm. came out that was my autobiographical story so this is not this has pieces of me like mm-hmm. green day the police that stuff it's the town in which i grew up uh-huh. oh cool but only because i couldn't write it in california because I've, I've visited but i couldn't mm-hmm. get the landscape so it's my town um not my parents i don't have a dead brother i had a really good childhood uh-huh. so a l- there are pieces in there, so much but of it's that is not very refreshing to hear. Also. Yeah, I know everyone asked. <laughs> yeah. I had a woman ask me, "Is, is your brother?" Anyway, no, he's alive. He's great. He's great. <laughs> oh, but God. but my dad got the wrong idea. Uh-huh. My parents are getting old, right? And they're mm-hmm. just they they retired. They're in Delaware. They won't hear this, so it's not. And they're great, but they're just watching Fox News all the time. They got very old, right? Yeah. So gotcha. they're a little out of touch now. And my dad, when he started to read it, he tells my mom, "Because don't read this book," because he thought. The mother was about her. Uh-huh. My dad writes fiction too, like these oh, little. That's so, uh, I know, and I went, "Geez, really?" And and my wife got all upset. He goes, "How did he think that? It's uh-huh. not." And so, so he thought it was. Yeah, I guess because Nishanik, I don't know my hometown. He got, uh-huh. but it's not. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not, but Rod has my traits, like my sense of humor and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's like kind of like my personality in his story, but it's not my story at all. Are you vegan? I'm vegan, yeah. Okay. And I tried to slip that in there. Uh-huh. I don't want to be like like PETA. I think they ruin things, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They push it down your throat. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to like offer it in there. Um, just as like, I don't know, if, if it's going to reach teenagers, like, hey, here's a, here's a thing, you know? But it's not like push it. Thing. So Which... it'll sneak into all my books. Yeah. But hopefully not in a pushy way. So we're, I am like speaking for you, but I don't know. But Go we're ahead. pescatarian. Okay. That yeah. like leans on, we don't really eat. Fish either, but no. okay. Just like mostly when we go out, because it's, it's easier, easier to find. Yeah, it's very. Food yeah. So to eat. just this past weekend, I was talking to my uh, sister-in-law's, uh, we'll say stepdaughter, okay. for all intents and purposes, sure. and she she came up to me, and she's maybe seven or eight, and she says, um, 
Kim said that you brought a cucumber. So she's going to cut me up some cucumber to a barbecue. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, and Kim said that you're vegan. What's that all about? And she like was like, <laughs> asking, and I was like, well, I'm not a vegan. And then my wife chimed in. And because like, I mean, on top of like, of course, it's horrible for animals, but we're like, I, I the guess, environment. Like, in, ecologically, we're. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So we were explaining that to her. And then like, um, my other sister in law comes over and she's like, why are you talking to my, and I was like, cause this is how you should talk to kids and let them and know. She asked. Like, this is, yeah, yeah. She asked. I'm right. not like forcing my opinions on right. her. She asked what this was all about, what we were doing, you know, yeah, whatever. You yeah. want to give her an honest, yeah. like conversation. And she about was us. curious about like, we had, um, we had brought veggie burgers and like, what, what did they taste like and okay. all this stuff. And she said, because she watches a YouTuber who is vegan. And wow. So it's like they're getting influence from mm-hmm. all over the place yeah. that yeah. maybe you weren't privy to. Right. So it's like we're not. I'm not saying you have to do this to her by any means. Right. But she wants more information, and I don't know. It's especially hard to answer the question to kids. I think when yeah. my son started to ask, because my wife's vegetarian too, mm-hmm. but my son's not. Yeah. Um, when he started to ask us why, I was like, "Geez, I don't know. Do you want the really why or like the kid? You know uh-huh. what I mean? I didn't want to." Be brutal. It's tricky. You don't want to like go through like this is how a pig dies. Yeah, and becomes bacon. Like, watch but, this like, video. You want to be like, <laughs> yeah. But I don't. Yeah, yeah it no. Into, like almost. We're taking a weird turn here, but like <laughs> I'm not a religious person, right? But I was raised Catholic. Same. You know, Same. and it's like it almost feels like this is my Catholicism, of like my <laughs> dietary restrictions I put on myself. You know, so I'm, like, not trying to, like, preach to anyone and be like, you should mm-hmm. be doing this or you will go to yep. meat-eating hell. You know, it's like, it feels like that of, like, this is just what I do, uh, like it or leave it, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. You know, like, that kind of thing. That that couldn't be a more perfect analogy because I was raised Catholic as well, and that turned me off from all religion, really. Same. Kind of being pushed into it. <laughs> and my parents were cool. They weren't super religious. They just wanted me to get confirmed so I can get mm-hmm. married in a Catholic church. Mm-hmm. And then I met my wife, who was a heathen, so we didn't get married in any church. So it was a whole waste. <laughs> but I felt, like, pushed into it. And, like, Catholicism is the most rigid one. I still yes. carry Catholic guilt like crazy. 100%. So I didn't want to do that to my son. I was like, you want? We'll go to church. I don't want to make him vegetarian. I don't want to make him the weird kid who's like, I've never had cheese. Well, uh-huh. But Just you know like, what I mean? Carrots. Yeah, and then them throwing uh-huh. cheese at him and stuff. I was like, you figure it out on your own. But, yeah, it's it's... I didn't want to push, you know? Yeah. And I don't want to push it on people. I just thought it was, I don't know. It made sense for him to be. It's like a personal thing. And I don't know if you guys get this. I get this so much, but anytime I tell somebody, I I usually just say vegetarian because as soon as I go into pescatarian, it's a whole thing. Uh So I'm just like, yeah, I'm just vegetarian. And they go, well, I don't eat that much meat. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, like, yeah, that's <laughs> like fine. Like I know, it yeah. Like, I go to church on Sundays. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. When I got to that point in the book where you shouted out nature's plate, mm. I, I honestly, I have like, um, I, I read it on Kindle, so I, I highlighted things. And then when I had gone on to Goodreads to write a review... It was like, oh, you highlighted these things. Do you want to include them in your review? And I was like, you, I don't know. Technology's gotten so <laughs> I far. I saw that, and that was so awesome. And that I was you like, highlighted. this <laughs> rules. I yeah. had no idea. So, like, I had highlighted things because I'm like, when I see Ryan at book club next, I need to ask him about like, bop, 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 bop. Yeah. Like, there were certain. There was a, a I'm gonna say joke because okay. I think it was intended as a joke that I highlighted that you may have seen, and it's when Rod is in the hospital and Rod said like, my father's killing himself. 
he's using food like it's a drug, and then my mother is using drugs like they're a oh, drug, God. and that killed <laughs> me. Oh, it did. Oh, oh okay. my God. Good. I was like. Oh. <laughs> It's so funny you mentioned that. I was like looking through the book the other day and I came across it and I was like, I wonder if people are going to know that's a joke. And <laughs> so, not like, so damn yeah. good. Oh, thank goodness. So I came across one as well. Frankie is this, is a pretty much unlikable character in this book. Um, and at one point, uh, Rod says something, he yells at him and he says, I guess we should call you Nimrud. And I, like, audibly laughed out loud. I was like, oh, my God, that is hilarious. I'm so happy. I was so proud of that one, and, like, yeah. no one even mentioned it. And I was like, no one likes my little jokes. And I thought, oh, oh I good. loved it. Oh, I was goodness. like, that's so, like, especially coming from Frankie in the right. book, I was like, that's uh, really good. Like, good for you. This is the only redeeming thing about Frankie right now. That's what I thought. I thought it humanized him a little yeah. and gave him something fun to say. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad you liked that one. Oh, that's good. And I like how Frankie, well, I won't go into too much, but, like, Frankie's story His develops. Yeah. yeah. I really thought he was going to be straight across just, like, a shithead the whole time. Mm-hmm. But then, like, seeing him humanized was like, oh, that's awesome. Like... Proving the fact that, like, Rod's true character is, like, that that's the only person you need to be because look at this person coming to you and realizing, like, you are a good person. Mm-hmm. I'm being shitty for one reason or another. Right. I read that somewhere in, like, a how-to-write book because I had to go and read those. Even I had to stop writing at one point and read those because I didn't go to college. I didn't take any writing classes. So I had to really, like, you know, study and read mm-hmm. all these books on this. And, and it said, you know humanize your villain a little bit because no villain is all bad yeah so i i I did that and his arc was a lot more in depth i had a lot more for him that i that i cut out so that's all the stuff that made it in so yeah i love that yeah because i definitely i i keep coming back to like because it's a coming of age story i'm like i know that person too you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, right. yeah, that kid lived near me when I was growing up. Also, mm-hmm. yeah, that kid so, like, was my across the street neighbor, but his name was Mike McGrath. But I already had a Mike in the story, uh-huh. so I changed it. I went to school with a Frankie Friel, who's another shit too. And I was like, should I change his name? What if this ever gets to uh-huh. him? But I was like, he was a shit. He can have his name in there, and yeah. it's just a perfect, like a kind, yeah. yeah, Frankie Friel. Frankie. Oh, my, the uh, worst. my friend calls them friends of convenience <laughs> when you're growing up because mm. it's like. These are the neighbor kids where, like, we're all going to play Manhunt, and it's like, if we, the more we have, the better the game. Yeah. Yes. Like, we don't like any of these people, but... When you see them in school, it's a totally different <laughs> uh-huh. dynamic. Totally different. Yeah. Sit at home and do nothing. And this is another thing that probably doesn't exist anymore either, the, like, you know... Forced friendships. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. Either I'm going to sit at home and do nothing, or I'm going to go outside with, like, all these kids in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. and we'll have a good time. Yes. Or yep. a decent enough time. Better than, <laughs> you know... And that might be a flaw, what made you think it was the 90s, because that happened, because there was no yeah. internet and stuff to, mm. to keep our boredom, so you're like, yeah. I'm going to his house. Yep. So I wonder if that's like a, a flaw showing like he would have just stayed home. Mm-hmm. But I try to make Rod kind of I sheltered and not like a computer no. kid. Because uh, honestly, I feel like he, his whole thing is just escaping his home life. Yes, you know yeah. what that's I mean? true. Yeah. And like yeah. I said about the whole Arrested Development thing, I think like him being in a bubble, not having a smartphone, not really having control of a television because yeah. his dad's always watching it. So yeah. it is like, you know, the 90s aspect, but just in a modern world. And there's like, a museum to a bygone era in his house. Like, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, I, I, do you have any other oh, things me, that you saved check. on there? Let me check. Let me before check. we start wrapping. 
Oh, my God. Okay. okay. So you mentioned the weather in New Jersey. Okay. Which I thought was amazing. And, I forgot and, I wanted to mention this, too. <laughs> and you described it perfectly as, like, in one word, undecided. But you also mentioned a lot hoodie and pair of shorts weather. Okay. Which Doug and I talk about all the time. That's our favorite. It is. It's, oh, but my I, God. That's for me, I... it's long sleeve t-shirt and shorts. Perfect. I... Like favorite time the of year. Second, it's like the spring. I'm like, I can wear a pair of shorts you, and a hoodie. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, this is perfect. Yep. Oh my god. Yes. Which I thought that was, was so another... funny. Thank you. That was another thing that I did. I'm so glad you feel that. I, I feel the same way. Yeah. And it's probably more a crew neck t-shirt. But I thought that just didn't sound as good. No. Like hoodie mm-hmm. thought. But Being I love a, a zip up hoodie. Yeah, definitely totally. hoodie. Yeah. Yeah. And me not really caring about fashion as you can see i just like to throw it on and be comfortable so yeah. i thought and that's like a perfect new jersey night is that kind of weather yeah so mm-hmm. yeah hopefully we'll have some soon I know. Yeah, be right? like, it's just yeah i can't wait for that yeah. um okay so ryan what we usually do on the podcast when we interview someone we ask you who you are which i think we've covered yes we um ask you another thing the second question is what got you interested in comics okay Two-parter, so I'll make it short. Mm -hmm. The first go-around, I was 12, you know. Um, I had all my little uh, superhero toys, Marvel toys. I don't know how you just get them, especially back then. Yeah. So I got into comics um, through Marvel. I loved Captain America's my ultimate favorite. Um, And I had them all. But I used to buy comics a decent amount, but never sequentially. I didn't follow the stories. It was just random. And I didn't even know they had these great stories. Um, And then... I discovered Image Comics, and I was 12 years, uh, maybe 11, because it was 92, Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know what clicked, but I thought, this is so cool. I was getting in on the ground floor. It was new, Mm -hmm. and I just loved that, so I dove in, and the Max, for some reason, got me, and I loved it, and then later it showed up on MTV, and I was like, this is so cool, and Uh I got the Max 1, and I collected it for a while, and I would buy all Image. I would buy, like, Youngblood, and, and Pitt, and Union, and stuff, but it was... The Max, which is crazy because I still don't understand it. I'm trying to reread it now. That big purple hulking guy with like kind of claws. Yes. I don't really know his deal either. Yeah, it was very (laughs) bizarre, but I just loved that I was in on the ground floor. And then, and then it faded as like punk rock got me like two years later. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But then coming back, this the geekery got me into comics. My son was young. He was starting to watch like the cartoon superhero squad and stuff. Mm -hmm. And and we saw the geekery. I was like, let's go in. So we started buying him comics. and then I bought a U.S. Agent comic because I remember him from when I was a kid. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, this is a cool series. So I started like, I bought, I think it was a six episode series and I, and I really liked it. And then what's the furthest place from here? It got me. Mm-hmm. You were posting stuff. Perfect marriage. Oh, it's, I mean, the covers you were posting every month. And I was like, don't go buy it. Don't go buy it. Because I don't need to collect anything more. I had uh-huh. these vinyl <laughs> records and, and, it was cr- and books. So I think it was issue four. It was the carnival or, the, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I had a thing, I'm, I'm writing another story with clowns and I was like, I have to go buy that. So I came in, I bought issues one through four and I just got so into it and it was everything I wanted. And then I was like, it's image. Oh my God. It's their 30 year anniversary. Yeah. I'm always looking for signs and synchronicity. Yeah. I was like, this is crazy. So that got me in. And then I started reading all their other things through Doug, you know, introducing me to him. And then this whole world opened up and it's just been awesome and with furthest place like it open it asks so many questions and only answers a couple and then it's got the coming of age kind of aspect to it and the music aspect but like 
I don't know. It, it, I feel like it really has everything. I can't wait for us to all like unpack it together for book yes. club. Yes. So now I have to ask a question. Please. If if you're reading that, so in that book they really talk about like a mm. single record record choosing it to be like their sort of god. You know what I mean? Like it's so I have to ask, do you have a single record that you would choose? Oh, great question. And that is what when when I thought like they said show us your gods and I was like oh it made the hairs I mean they're doing mm-hmm. it now the hairs on my arms stand up because that's how you feel about these things you know uh-huh. whether it's music or comics or anything or a book you're like oh my god that got me um, so do I have a single record it's like an impossible question it is an so impossible hard. question that I think about all the time because uh-huh. I'm out yeah. there walking dogs I'm thinking about <laughs> all I think about is my passions okay so. If I were on Desert Island, I have a favorite album of all time. Okay. They're not my favorite band of all time. Jimmy Eat World Clarity is Ooh. my favorite record of all time. Since it came out, it just did something to me, uh-huh. and it's never let me down. So if I can only take one record with me, it's Clarity. Amazing. Yeah. Mine's... Do you know that record? Oh, yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, Jimmy Eat World. Yeah. That's What's yours? Do you... Yes. Uh, Modest Mouse, Loading Some Crowded West. Okay. Wow. So I think I finally came to this realization the other day. I was driving... To Brick, I think, with my wife, and I was listening to Broken Social Scene, and I said, I don't think I appreciate, I love Broken Social Scene, and I'm like, and I don't think I think enough about them, and I like, I'm driving, and I'm like, I could listen to them for my whole life, and I think Mm -hmm. it's You Forgot It in People, that that's like the album, and I don't like, anytime that it comes on, on on like my you know, iTunes, whatever. I never skip Broken Social Scene, like, regardless of the song. And I'm like, meanwhile, like, I'll hold other albums up and I'll say, oh, this is my favorite band, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, I think that this one runs through my veins. Yeah. You know, like that. It's awesome. Like, it's like... But you said you don't think enough about them. Do do you mean, like, you just don't... Yeah, what do you mean by that? I guess, like, like, I They never pop into your head when that... It's never like, oh, I should throw on this album. I should, you know... Wow. You did have... Like a period a few years back when uh-huh. you played, what was that new, newer album that they came out with? I can't even remember. They, yeah, I know the one you're talking about. But they came out with a newer album a few like years just back, before COVID. And you just constantly uh-huh. played it. I'm gonna so go like, try yeah. them because I know the name and I've never listened to them. I, now so I, have I to got into in. Broken Social Scene a really fucked up backdoor way. I'll say. Please tell me. You've seen Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the movie? No. Oh my god! Oh. I need to okay. talk about that off there. So the fake movie, yeah. not the fake movie, but the fake band in the movie. All of the bands, uh, Brian oh, Lee O'Malley drew inspiration from Canadian rock bands when when crafting the, the characters of these bands in the Battle of the Band sequences. Okay. And the movie, I don't know how they pulled it off, but Broken Social Scene plays as one of the bands. Oh, cool. mm-hmm. And the metric plays as one of the bands. Like, they got all of these real bands that they were the inspiration to actually so awesome. put their songs and create songs for the movie. So I'm like, well, I loved this, like, stupid bit in the movie, so I'm like, I should look up Broken Social Scene. And, but, like, they're a collective of probably 15 to 20 people in Canada in, like, the indie rock scene. Oh. And mm-hmm. it's like, all of the jo- People make jokes about Arcade Fire, about how, like, oh, I picked up a violin and I jumped on stage at Arcade Fire and no one realized. <laughs> and it's like, that's a very funny joke, but Broken Social Scene is that. Like, yeah. truly, like, you could walk on stage with the triangle and you're just hitting the triangle and they'd be like oh okay yeah no you must have come by a little earlier we didn't realize it like (laughs) there i saw them at um terminal five in the city 
a few years ago, like, oh my God, like 12 years ago, I guess, wow. at this point. <laughs> and it was like, like a life-changing thing. I love that. You know, like just like experience. the, like, yeah. Did someone come out of that band that's now a solo artist? Feist? Feist, Feist. Was I was down a Feist mm-hmm. rabbit hole the other day. Yeah. I think Mastodon covered their song and she covered theirs. And I... I just go deep and I saw Broken Social And it's cool because you'll look at albums here and there and it's like if Leslie Feist has nothing else going on or she's not whatever, she'll be contributing to the next Broken Social Scene album. Mm -hmm. It's almost like an art collective instead of of a band. And it's like whoever's around, whoever's got some ideas, we'll all release an album together. So is this why you got a trumpet? (laughs) I I truly... I do have a trumpet because of Broken Social Scene. It's so cool. I am like, I I was convinced that I'm going to learn how to play trumpet. My wife bought me one last September. I picked it up a total of 12 times, maybe. I should probably figure out how to play it. That's got to be so hard to learn when you're not in like fourth grade band. So I looked up a YouTube video and it's like, most people pick this up because they're like, it has three buttons and it's, and it's, how hard could it be? Right. But it's all about like, like you have to... It's so hard. It's got to be. Yeah. How do you even begin with that? <laughs> Hearing someone learn on a trumpet has to be pretty Ooh. awful. That's, I, I have to actually give you credit because cool. he can actually, like, I've seen people try to play it and it's just like, oh, it makes a hard uh-huh. noise. He can actually make it make a good I think they sound. Say it's trilling is the noise you have to do. It's trilling. trilling, I think. Interesting. Okay. And then our friend um, Asher pointed out that I need a wider mouth for the trumpet. So that's uh, probably why I'm For the not, trumpet. Okay. Yes. Not there that you you're. So it's not yeah. like a. Spigot. I don't. I'm not I an instrumental know. person either. <laughs> yeah, it sucks because not with the horns. We talk all the time about how much we love music, but we're not like. I musically I say inclined, we're but... not smart enough and musically inclined enough to talk about it like eloquently oh, and no. critically. But it's beyond just being like. I love when they do this, this thing, happens. and it's like, yeah. yeah. Is that a crescendo? Uh-huh. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. but any song that has like a horn section, I'm just like. Yeah. This is my favorite song ever. Wow. And Interesting. It's, it's bizarre. That, okay. Like, I sent you the new Anthony Green song, Trading Doses, a few mm-hmm. weeks ago when I was on vacation. And I was like, do I love this song or does it just have a good horn section? And you <laughs> yeah. were like, uh, maybe both? I don't know. Like, <laughs> no, it's actually a decent song. But Ryan, I have to ask now. You yeah. said that the Jimmy <clears throat> World album is not your favorite band. Correct. Do you have a favorite band? I do. It's Green Day. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, perfect. They were, they were the band that got, changed my whole life, you mm-hmm. know. So and and I didn't stick with them. I had a very weird on-off relationship with them, where I mm-hmm. outgrew Green Day every album cycle. And yeah, I thought, this is for kids, you know. Mm-hmm. And then in like 2016, those Spotify when they started doing the year-end um, reviews, whatever yeah. that's called, I went, wow, I listened to a lot of Green Day. They were on every year. Yeah, and I realized, and now like. I love what they're doing now, like their new record. So it's not just nostalgia. I'm not just sitting around listening to Dookie. I love what they're doing. Yeah. And I thought they just aged well. So they're like, they're that's my band. very yeah. cool that you've that you've been able to like. <sighs> Green Day is one of those bands that is very critiqued, and it's like, oh, Dookie, that's it. You totally. know, like mm-hmm. that kind of yes. like, oh, you don't listen to Kerplunk or you know right. whatever. Yeah. But it's, you know, you can draw things and find things that you like about the modern eras of Green Day because they've existed for 30 years. Uh-huh. Like, it's There's a reason that they've existed for 30 years. I agree. It, it has and, to and be I, there. And I can see the, I don't want to say corniness, but mm-hmm. like, I mean, they turn over their fans, which is hard to do. Every every 13-year-old loves Green Day from mm-hmm. every generation. Yeah. And I'm a, the kind of guy, I'm a music snob. 
all my friends are music snobs. They all mm-hmm. hate Green Day. Like mm-hmm. they think like, oh, I like Kerplunk. And, mm-hmm. uh, and they won't give them a chance because it's for kids. And I can see, I get it, yeah. um, that they're they're playing to a stadium full of kids where I'm not going to go see them, really. It's just, it's mm-hmm. not, I, you know, but, yeah, I, I, I can see why my friends don't like them, but I'm also, like, they're writing good songs. They so really are. I have, like, a theory about this, what happens, because we have this with certain bands that we listen to. Yeah. More, more specifically, Circ or Survive. So you always have those quintessential albums that you grew up with, and, and those are the albums that you know. And they're so ingrained in, like, every memory that you have. Yeah. So for them to come out with music that is not exactly the same as that is hard to cope it's with. It's like a betrayal. Yeah. It is. So, yes. like, I have to agree. Like, I listened to Green Day growing up, but then when they got to American Idiot, I was a little bit, I was into different things and i thought that the album was like kind of like sellout ish but going back and listening to actually listening to songs and not listening Mm -hmm. just to their single like you realize that like the album does have depth and it may take a couple of times to actually listen to it to actually appreciate it but it's still them it's them maturing into different sounds that they want to explore especially with american idiot like with through reading your book i was like i i want i gave it like another spin because I haven't listened to it probably in uh, how many years ago did it come out? But I haven't listened to it in a long time. I'll just say. Did you like it, it when it came I out? I loved it when it came okay. out, mm. and it it hits this weird thing now that I'm thinking about it, where it's like it's so ambitious. It's yes. a rock opera, and that is a from a punk rock standpoint an inherently corny thing to do. Totally to try to make, but it's like also like. If Rocky Horror Picture Show is still punk rock, like, why can't mm-hmm. that be? Right. You know, like, it's not much different. Right. You know. It's not at all. It actually is. I think Rocky Horror Picture Show has a very good first act, and then the rest of it's just trash. But I think American <laughs> Idiot stays solid throughout. <laughs> you know? I agree. It does. It holds up. It's, it it's, holds up. It was a really interesting thing that they did, and I think that they nailed it. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. And that yeah. brought me back to Green Day. Mm-hmm. I love Nimrod. Then Warning came out, and I went, oh, and I was off of them. And then American Idiot came out. I mm-hmm. heard warning. what they were aiming for. Yeah, Warning. So that was the my guess. Was, we record. were trying to figure out what album was being toured. Was it Warning? And I thought it was that called was Shenanigans. Shenanigans was like a B-side. So okay, that was just B-sides. B-sides. Yeah. So then it was the Warning tour. That's funny, because we were talking about it the other day. We were like, all right, we're trying to put together a timeline. What show would he have gone oh, to? Oh, yeah. yeah. And 2001. It was yeah. Asbury Park at Convention Hall. And the living end opened for Green Day. It was the warning tour. Wow. And I, I was down so, on them, uh-huh. but I was like, oh, I'm going to go see them. And yeah. I was with a so friend, that is was, a real, that was a real, real date. Real date. That rules too. Yeah. yeah. And I had the date in there, but again, uh-huh. I took it out because I was like, it's not getting published in time. If someone uh-huh. puts it, like anyone would, yeah. I would. So like I took out like, the date. We have like our strings up. We're like, all right, if this happens, oh my this God. yeah, you're like, no <laughs> one would do this. And we have the board. <laughs> we so just amazing. we just jump it behind. We're like, no one would do that. That's crazy. I had this whole arc, not arc, but this little piece where where Cat had made him a mixtape or a mixed CD, mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. gonna be the CD they put into the car. Remember, it was it was a police CD that happened. Yeah, this was gonna be the CD from that day where they I have a mix of all the songs from that set list, mm-hmm. and she was gonna give it to him, and they were gonna I don't want to give it away, but drive home listening, and these are the last songs he heard. So the mother and and Rod would have this moment, and I just couldn't get it to work. Okay. So yeah, there's actual there's the set list. There's that's an actual date, the warning tour. Yeah. Now I now I need to know. <laughs> you have this 
mix CD in your head of what songs you wanted on there. Yeah. Have you well, made it into a playlist? It is a playlist. It's the actual songs because Green okay. Day fans are crazy. There's every set list they've ever played you can find out, uh-huh. out there. So uh-huh. it's the set list that, that I saw and that like Colin saw too. Okay. So yeah, it's real. I'm going to have to look this That's up. That's wild. No, I'll send no, it to no. you. Okay, yeah. send it to me, please. Okay, so we have to wrap up because the okay. story's about yes. to open. Yes. Oh, but um, Ryan, really quick, yes. what is a book do you think everybody should be reading right now? I think What's the Furthest Place From Here. Okay. It's perfect. It's coming of age. It's music. And I think it's it's very like Lost Boys, like if Cormac McCarthy wrote it. Yeah. It's weird and desolate. It's, it's amazing. And it showed me that comics are not just superheroes and superheroes are great mm-hmm. fine. but this I was like they can do this with comics and it now my whole world has changed yeah I'm mostly strictly indie comics with the yeah. exception of Sandman oh okay yeah I, I can't I can't fathom getting into any Marvel like or DC and, yeah, I, I always want to dabble but I'm like uh, it's a lot I'd rather just read this independent story mm-hmm. I'm the same um, yeah. well, but a book I think what people should be reading is Nimrod Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. That's amazing. That was a good one, Cam. Um, okay, so now the, 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 the next thing that we do is we throw to song. So, Ryan, if you could throw us to song. Yes. What song? Should I introduce it or just yes, say introduce okay. it? I would say Dummy Head Torpedo. It's a little obscure band, and their song is called Fell Off the Rhythm. Thank you, Ryan. Right on. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Waking head in metaphors to fill these empty lines. Attempt to win the crowd of an insecure yet clever mind. Can I spill enough weakness here to get you on my side? Or does it all come off as a self indulgent waste of time? Fell off the rhythm I knew. I lost. Thought I spoke the language they used. Some of the kind of find that I'd been wrong. Well, they reset the rules again. I check against us every time. Though the tensions have given in. If you buy the ticket, take the ride.
Hey, Doug. Hey, Kaylin. What's going on at the shop? Kaylin, I'm going to throw to Bruce for this because um, I had gotten some feedback after our last episode before our hiatus. Uh Uh-huh. That, sorry for the chair noise, but that Bruce, Bruce should be featured, (laughs) you're such a dickhead, (laughs) that Bruce should be featured more on the show. Right on. So I think that that's a really good idea. You know what? I'm fully in support of that because I'm actually sick and tired of talking to you. Cool. So, hey, Bruce. Oh, hey, Kaylin. Come on out. Come take a seat. Hey. Oh, you could. Oh, hey. Did you just move the chair? I. It didn't make any noise. Uh, I did move the chair and it didn't make any noise. That was really Doug's fart before. Doug's farts sound like, uh, they kind of sound like, uh. Like a chair moving, but it's definitely farts because it smells so bad over here. <laughs> oh, God. It I'm smells so like he sorry. keeps farting. Oh. Don't worry. Doug, get out of here. He keeps farting. Doug, get out. I'm leaving. Okay. Bruce, sorry about that. Okay. So what's going on, Bruce? What's going on at the shop? So, so we have a lot of great... Wait, look- time out. Hold on. Yeah? I can't talk to you about what's going on at the shop until I talk to you about how your summer's been. Oh, oh wow. So my summer was great. I snuck in Doug's luggage and <gasps> went to I went to Zion National Forest and, wow. and and I went and I explored Arizona. Cool. I saw the Grand Canyon. Very cool. Yeah, he carried me in his backpack. Yeah. It was that's... like just me and some like granola bars and that also smelled like farts. Oh, wow. I don't know why. <laughs> I think we know why Doug's farts smell like like granola now. Yeah. Or, or that yeah, bad. he has granola yeah. farts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they fucking stink. <laughs> Bruce. I didn't mean to say that. Bruce, you're too young to curse. That's horrible. You're right. You're right. I said him this many last time. Remember? Yeah, four. Four. Okay. All right. So, ah, Bruce. Season four. Now that you curse, I just don't want to hear anything I more. say the F word <laughs> now. No, 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 no. No, you don't. Now that you've cursed, I think we should stop talking about personal things and just go okay. right into the shop news. So what's going on at the shop? Okay, so a lot of great books came out this week. Yeah. I'm still moving my mouth when I talk. Have you noticed that? <laughs> Good. Okay, so this week... Um, Most gonna, people move their mouths when they talk. Well, first, first. of all, I'm going to read the chalkboard, the, the the whiteboard, I'm sorry, ellipis? that Doug made for above the <laughs> above the register. Wait, the chalkboard that wrote, says Olympus? He wrote Olympus wrong. He wrote Olympus. Okay, well. What an idiot. What an idiot, Doug. So, hey, I'm sorry. Get out of here. Don't Your fart me. smell. Don't, I, don't make fun Get out of here. Bruce, so, I'm sorry. Okay, so this week. We have some new number ones. Mm-hmm. Olympus Rebirth number one came out right from DC Comics. Uh, that's like a reimagining of of like uh, Greek Greek. Uh, co- Olympus has fallen. Uh, no, the movie of Channing no. Tatum. No, uh, Channing Tatum is not in Olympus Has Fallen. The Olympus, <laughs> no, the Has yes, Fallen. He is. No, he's not. <laughs> the Has Fallen franchise is Gerard Butler. Oh wait, he's in White House Down. He's in White House Down. <laughs> it's the same premise, but two different movies. They always this is get like, me with that. It's like Deep Impact in Armageddon, Kalen. 
no, no, no. Or the illusionist and the and the prestige. prestige. There we go. Dikembe Mutombo, Kaylin. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Bruce, get on with it. Olympus. I think, I think I'm more fun than done. Don't <laughs> you, you think? Definitely are. Okay. <clears throat> so, Olympus Rebirth number one. Uh, there's a new book from Vault Comics called End After End. We have the new one from Marvel, mm-hmm. Damage Control, that I'm going to talk a little bit about extra in a second. Okay. We have, oh, Wind is returning for a third arc. That's a new one. Not new Wind? one. Wind? Yes, it's by James Tunyon. It's a YA book that he does. Oh, okay. So we have Wind, The Throne in the Sky, number one. We have Star Wars Hyperspace Stories, number one. The Star Wars Kid Series, Kaylin. What? <laughs> I feel like I'm losing you. I was going to ask I'm if James Tinian's going to follow it up with an earth and a fire. I sure hope so. <laughs> this is wind spelled with a Y. Oh, so it would be F-Y-R-E. James Tinian. <laughs> fire, F-Y-R-E, earth, E-A-R. E-R-T-H. Oh, I don't like when I look at Doug. No, Doug, get out of here. sorry. Anyway, Bruce, sorry about that. So, okay, um... So Star Wars recently licensed out. No. <clears throat> Bruce, you got to stop drinking Dark- so much milk. <laughs> you have a problem. It was soy milk, but I do have milk voice. Okay. So Star Wars recently started to license out their children's line. Okay. To Dark Horse again. Wow. IDW was doing it before, but now Dark Horse has it back. And the book is called Star Wars Hyperspace Stories. Number one. I love it. Okay. Damage control. Okay. <laughs> Damage control is right. Did you watch Miss Marvel? I did, yes. Okay. Do you remember the organization that that yes. Figueroa from Orange is the New Black was in charge of? <laughs> sure. I may only be four, but I have seen all seven seasons wow. of Orange is the New Black. Did you binge it over the summer? I did. Oh, when they killed Poussey for no reason. Um, oh, spoiler alert! Ah, okay, I won't spoil Orange is the New Black, which had its series <laughs> finale four years ago. Some people may have not seen it, okay? <clears throat> but let's go back to Damage so, Control. Damage Control is about the organization that cleans up after the, the super-powered beings okay. do stuff, right? So this is issue one, and it's it's a comedy book written by written by... Adam Goldberg from the Goldbergs. Nuh-uh. You remember that show? I do. You know that they had to fire... They had to... <laughs> I don't know Say why Bruce. Bruce has such a bad attitude, and I'm talking in the third person. So, did you know that they had to fire Jeff Garland from the Goldbergs for being inappropriate? I did not know that. Well, they did. Inappropriate and with whom? With most of the cast and Yikes. some of the crew. All right. So well. they had to fire him from the show. But they still had to use him in some of the episodes because he was under contract last season. Okay. So he was CGI'd into some scenes. Oh and God. it's quite jarring to watch. <laughs> oh, my God. Now I'm going to sing the Goldbergs theme song. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. Okay. I don't think that's well, a good idea. Okay. So just read Damage Control number one. It's got... A lot of really cool characters in it. This issue: Ghost Riders on the cover, She Hulk's on the cover, Moon Knight's on the cover, Quicksilver's on the cover, Night Crawler is on the cover. <laughs> okay, it was good. I liked it a lot. I also can I please sing the Goldbergs theme song? Sure. I'm twisted up inside, but nonetheless, <laughs> I feel the need to say I don't. <laughs> I don't know the future, but the past keeps getting clearer every day. Good job, Bruce. That's amazing. Do you want me to talk about book club or should I leave? 
Uh, why don't you, why don't you head out and have okay. a granola bar? I'll go get Doug. Oh, it already. <laughs> oh, that wasn't Doug. me. Doug. That wasn't me. Get out of here if you're okay. going to fart. I'm going to go get Doug. All right, go get Doug. I can smell him already. Oh, Jesus. Bye, Bruce. Bye, Kayla. <laughs> Doug. How'd that go? It was very good. I'm really Me and Bruce caught up. I haven't seen him in a minute. He looks good, right? Like his it blue looks, looks bluer. Did he everything. Weight? Yeah. What? I think so. Mm. I think so. You know what it is? Is sometimes when he's photographed, he puts his gut on the table, oh. and it makes him look a little like. We have to help good. him out with like posing. We do have to. Yeah. He's met a lot of creators this summer. You know. I Most wonder if we can introduce with... him to any local influencers. Oh, I think he thinks he's an influencer. Oh, yeah. It would be really cool to, to hook him up with some other influencers. embarrassing though. for him. Well, I'd like him to get us tickets to see here now. Oh, yeah. That would be great. So if this week, happens. don't forget, on Friday, August 26th, 6.30 p.m., <laughs> we're going to be meeting at the shop to talk all about What's the Furthest Place from Here, Volume 1. What? Never heard of Tyler it. From Tyler Boss. Matt Rosenberg and Hussein Atzman Alhau. Never heard of it. Never heard of it, right? Nope. I love this book so much. I'm I can't have to wait. Speed read through it. I'm gonna reread. I have to, to catch up because it's so much, man. And right? I have like, to. I think I have to find like post-it notes or something and just make little notes. I have little extras I can give you. Oh, do you? Yeah, I have like right the on. little flippy guys. Love it. So join us. To talk all about what's the first place from here. We haven't shut Friday. up about this fucking book all last season. I know. So it's finally coming to a head. Show up, read the book, and then if you think it's horrible, just tell us and we'll definitely not cry. I probably would. Or kick right? you like, out. You can just leave. It's fine. We'll respect everyone's opinion. Yeah. Will we agree? No. Will I secretly hate you? Probably. I but that I would probably do that anyway. So, oh wow, attitude. <laughs> um, so, Caitlin, I laugh. feel like <laughs> I feel like that might be it for this week. Yeah, we had a really decent interview. Yeah, it was great. Thank you so much, Ryan, for coming on. Thank you. And again, we have his book Nimrod available in stores. Hell yeah, in our store. Now, I'm going to add to our show notes, if you're listening to this elsewhere and you want to be able to get yourself a copy and support an indie bookstore at the same time, Hell yeah. we will add links to that. I'm going to add links to his blog as well for everybody to check yes. out. Ryan's like a really cool dude and like, I cannot wait to see, I know he mentioned like offhand that like he's already got another book that he's like Thinking coming about, around on yeah. and like he's on a certain number of drafts or whatever. Same. I can't wait to read it. Same. And I hope that our interview and our love for his first book. Uh, opened up a door for us to, uh, you know, get exclusive. Get a little sneaky peek maybe to the next maybe one. Maybe before... send us an expert. Come on, an expert. An expert. An excerpt. <laughs> um. Okay. So, this comic book, <laughs> Rusty. This up. podcast is based out of a comic book shop located at 19 Little Street in Madawan, New Jersey. The Geekery can be found online at The Geekery NJ. This podcast can be found on social media at The Geekery Radio. And I can be found at Father underscore K. I am at Dumble Stiltskin. Welcome back, baby. Welcome Season back. Season four. Did Bruce sing the Goldbergs theme song? Yeah, I think there's been enough singing on the podcast. Okay, <laughs> okay goodbye, Kaylin. Bye.